Hey, look who's here. Friend of the show, the great Stephen Lassen, senior editor, Athlon Sports. You know him from the Twitters at Athlon Stephen, and of course, the outstanding Cover 2 podcast. Stephen, my friend, it's been too long. How are you? I'm doing great, Mike. It's good to be back. Thanks, as always, for, for having me on. I also have great news. Earlier this week, I shipped the magazine. The Athlon Sports College Football Preview magazine is at the printer. It's being printed. The transfer portal might be wreaking havoc on some of the depth charts, but hey, <laughs> it's on the newsstand. So Christmas to all of us college football fans here in the South will be hitting newsstands on May 23rd. And you can also go to our website, shameless plug. You can pre-order uh, that magazine right now. Yeah, well, that, that's a, why I wanted to have you on, Stephen, a little preview of the magazine. Of course, we'd love to have you back once that hits newsstands and the online store and all that. Get some thoughts on spring football. But before we get to all that, give an indication to the audience about uh, what's your average hours of sleep you're getting when you're putting this thing together. Because I know you, man, workaholic. I, I would imagine you're hovering around four to five hours of sleep a night. <laughs> yeah, that's that's about accurate. Um, and it actually, the, the funny thing about this is, you know, it, it's funny, but it's also sad in a way is that it doesn't, it doesn't just start like in March. Like we start putting our magazine together in December. You know, once one season ends, we start working on the next edition. Um, I was already starting like working on returning starters and statistics and feature ideas before the national championship. And so I, I think maybe the the interesting thing behind the, the curtain is I find myself with transfers and everything else in college football, the, the unknown, it's greater than ever. Like, I feel like I know less about these teams, even though I've been sitting studying Georgia and Alabama and LSU and all these teams now for uh, since the national championship game. I kind of feel like we know less and it's more mysterious in some ways. But I guess to, to answer your question more specifically, it's probably been about four or five hours of sleep every <laughs> night trying to put this uh, uh, magazine together. And, and you can imagine the uh, transfer portal was a nightmare for, for us, too. Oh, yeah. Well, so we'll get to a lot of the debates and in, in, in where you're kind of uh, uh, most confident, least confident, all that heading into the magazine. But I wanted to uh, start with spring football, Stephen, just ended here in the SEC last weekend with Alabama and LSU having their spring game. But uh, I wanted to ask you, Stephen, what were the maybe the biggest things that uh, or takeaways that you took following spring football in the SEC? Any maybe big questions you had, whether it's coaching, roster, what have you, that you feel like you at least got some kind of answer and this could go for any and all teams in the SEC. I'll start with with one that I think was probably the most or one of the more intriguing storylines to me. And that was Mississippi State. Like, I was just curious to see, like, what this offense looked like. Um, of course, you know, Mike Leach's tragic passing. You Zach Arnett, now the head coach, hiring Kevin Barbe. 
little bit different offensive scheme. I think the early reviews, I think from based upon everything you've seen coming out of spring, I think Will Rogers is going to adapt to this offense. Well, I think being able to push the ball downfield a little bit more, mixing a little bit more run uh, with, with Woody Marks and some of the other backs that they have. I think, you know, I think answered the question. I think Mississippi state's offense was going to be different. I think we got an idea uh, of kind of what to expect this fall. I think, quarterbacks at large were interesting to me going into the the spring and exiting the spring they're still at the top of my mind i mean you go down the list of contenders in the sec georgia alabama uh, lsu tennessee not necessarily a question mark for some of those teams but i would say a storyline you know Jaden daniels was trying to hold off garrett nussmeyer you have joe milton and a five-star freshman you have Alabama and Georgia with true battles. So I think I was curious to see how many of these battles you felt kind of were decided, what you learned from them. I think we exited spring with some of the many questions about some of them. And I think you feel uh, maybe good about some of those guys emerging as the starters. So I think quarterbacks, I think Mississippi State also think Jackson Dart at Ole Miss staying on quarterbacks was a theme. When Spencer Sanders and Walker Howard committed to to Ole Miss, I just assumed that, hey, Jackson Dart was probably not going to be your starting quarterback. And I think by all accounts, I think he's really taken a big step forward. Like he met the challenge that the, the Ole Miss coaching staff challenged him and brought in two very capable quarterbacks uh, to push him. And it looks like exiting spring, he's going to be their uh, starter going into the fall. So I, I think maybe we – Shame on me for underestimating Jackson Dart, but he's looked, I think, pretty good this spring. Well, you may have uh, teased it there with your response there, Stephen, but uh, maybe what is uh, one or two huge questions that you still have exiting spring in the SEC? And we were talking off air. I have a safe assumption that number one in your mind resides in old Tuscaloosa with uh, all this Notre Dame quarterback speculation down there could Nick Saban and Tommy Reese really add the quarterback that basically was not good enough for Notre Dame and Tommy Reese last year it doesn't it doesn't inspire a ton of confidence I think if Alabama needs to go into the transfer portal uh, to get Tyler Buckner I, I think in fairness to Tyler Buckner he's had a lot of obstacles like he missed his high school senior season Notre Dame's receivers have kind of been a mess the last couple of years. He was hurt when he was supposed to be the starter last season, got off to a slow start. And of course the receivers were still an issue last year too. So he's had some obstacles and some things that aren't necessarily his fault. And maybe if he, let's just hypothetically, if he goes to Tuscaloosa, he's working with a pretty good offensive line, good running backs. I think a receiving core that seems to be, moving in the right direction. And he's also working under Tommy Reese, who knows him very well. I think my takeaway from Alabama's quarterbacks, though, the spring, they were just up and down. And there was kind of that quote from Nick Saban that it seemed to, he seemed to leave the door open at the end of the spring game. It didn't totally seem comfortable with the quarterbacks that he has. Now, I may be reading too much into Nick Saban's body language and, and the way he answered a question, but I think both of those quarterbacks were up and down. I think Jalen Milrow's legs could be more of a factor in an actual game scenario. But I still think we we entered spring thinking that, yeah, Alabama's probably going to be fine at quarterback. Maybe they are. 
I don't feel I I thought I would feel a lot better about their quarterback situation uh, exiting spring, and I don't. I, I think right now I still have some question marks to that position. Adding Tyler Buckner really only, if they do, would only add to that, in my opinion. Mm. All right, so, Stephen, I wanted to ask you about uh, all the fine work you're doing at Athlon, getting that magazine together, and without necessarily revealing – you know, because we gotta we gotta save some stuff for people so they can get this magazine, even in a roundabout way. Again, without revealing what's in the magazine, because that that time will come. But what teams are you most confident in their preseason projection in the SEC? Uh, so essentially, where they are in the magazine, you are confident most confident that they will finish the regular season in the projected slot you get uh, Athlon gave them? I hate to be boring. And I should, I should say, I don't want to give everything away because I want to get invited back to the studio so you and I can have an extended conversation about this. So I'm not as high in the importance list as Paul Feinbaum, but uh, I'm angling for that invite again. Uh, in all seriousness, Georgia. Like, Georgia's going to be the preseason favorite. Like, I don't... There's there's no sugarcoating this. There's no hiding any information here. Georgia's going to be picked number one by most people this preseason. I feel really good about where they are. There are some threats to Georgia, but I, I think that by and large, this team is well positioned to um, repeat as the SEC East champion. I feel good about LSU. Um, you know, watching some of their spring game, kind of following this team throughout the spring, you look at them as they finish spring practice and where they are. I think Jaden Daniels continues to progress in this offense. You're getting an All-America caliber uh, defensive lineman back in Mason Smith. Harold Perkins is going to create all kinds of havoc for opposing offenses. And I love the development of the offensive line. You know, I think that this offensive line could be one of the top 10 offensive lines in college football this year. And you think back to where they were uh, last season and how big of a jump that is. So I think LSU pretty much, in my mind, a very solid Top 10 team. Won't tell you where we picked them. Uh, they got the big game against Florida State in the opener that I think is a big piece to the, the college football playoff puzzle. Feel really good about Georgia. Really good about LSU. I feel really good about Tennessee. Uh, I know this team's got some question marks on defense. Joe Milton taking over. Which Joe Milton do, do we see this year? How do you replace Darnell Wright at tackle? But I think when you compare Tennessee to the other teams in the East, and seeing that you you can assume that Tennessee's going to have some firepower offensively uh, with kind of the schedule they have, I think I feel pretty good about Tennessee being solidly in the top 20 this year. Yeah, and, you know, I've been singing the same praises about uh, Georgia, Stephen, but, you know, this time last year, we were all singing the praises of Alabama. And that's not to say Georgia won't get it done yet again, but uh, I think that's part of the reason we love college football because you just never know what's going to happen. I have to say that so that the rest of the SEC, at least they got a fighting chance here. Uh, let, let me ask but, you. Mike, I think uh -huh. what you said there, though, isn't crazy, though. It, you know, Think about how hard it is to win a national championship. It's really hard to win two. Right. It's really, really hard to win three in a row. I mean, this is something that we haven't seen in, in a while in college football. I mean, it's just there's so many obstacles it could be Carson Beck just doesn't end up being as good a quarterback. Maybe they have some injuries. What happens if they don't kind of restock their pass rushers at the outside linebacker spot? 
what if complacency sets in? Like, what if Georgia just has a year where, like, the year that Florida State won the national championship, the next year they came back and were loaded, and everyone was thinking this Florida State team is going to repeat. They kind of muddled their way through the ACC, and it caught up to them in the playoff game. Now, I I think Georgia's in a much better place with their coaching staff and their personnel. But still, I just think it's, to your point, it is very hard to win three in a row. So I think maybe it's, it's just it's kind of almost percentages in luck that something could happen during the course of the year. A couple different bounces go in a playoff game against Ohio State, and we're talking maybe that Ohio State was the national champion. Right. And if Alabama receivers don't get hurt, they don't win the first one. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I just I had to say that. I Mike, don't believe just starting it. that. Let's uh, <laughs> start that argument again in his mentions. <laughs> All right, how about the similar question though, Stephen? What teams, without revealing where the magazine has them, do you have are you least confident in their projection? I think Florida and Texas A&M are two teams that jumped out to me as just ones that are they're hard to get a read on. And I think to some extent I think you can probably throw um, Mississippi State and Auburn in there too. Um, certainly with first-year coaches at Mississippi State and Auburn Auburn, the, the big quarterback question mark. I think Florida, the big quarterback question mark. Can either of these two teams add somebody from the transfer portal? It's still open for a couple more days for players to enter. I thought maybe we'd see a little bit more activity from, from both programs once this spring portal window open. Uh, but so far, it hasn't. there hasn't been a ton of movement. So I think the unknown of the bottom of the SEC West and then you also look at kind of uh, Florida over in the east. The schedule was really difficult. I mean, getting Utah and Florida State in non-conference play, I think those could both be top 10 teams this year. You've got you know the swing kind of games against South Carolina, uh, Missouri. There's, like we mentioned, there's the quarterback question mark. Yep. And A&M, I, I just, I think on paper, they could be a top 20 type team this year. If everything hits right, if quarterback uh, Connor Wigman hits under Bobby Petrino, he's thrown to, I mean, Moose Muhammad, Evan Stewart, Anaya Smith. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that as far as a trio of receivers. So I think A&M's upside is pretty high, but I also think I want to know how this all fits together. And I think there's still a little bit of mystery to me about the offensive line and just the whole makeup of this offense as they go forward under Bobby Petrino. There's potential, uh, but there's also still coming off a five and seven season. Well, let me ask you this, Stephen. And again, I mean, Georgia's going to be wildly favored, as is Alabama and LSU. I would be stunned if there's any magazine, if there's any SEC media, non-homer. There's always a couple hope. I mean, hell, somebody voted Vanderbilt to win the SEC. I think they just screwed up their ballot. But there's going to be wild picks out there, but there's not going to be many of them. So let me ask you this way, Stephen. Taking the assumed favorites, Georgia, Alabama, and LSU off the board, if you had to pick one team in the SEC that could realistically, you know, stars align, win the conference, which other team, aside from Georgia, LSU, and Alabama, would be your selection? And and it could be schedule, could be quarterback, whatever logic you want to use. Which one do you think uh, could – proved to be the ultimate dark horse, so to speak. 
Man, that's a really good question. I think I'll go back to Texas A&M, first of all, just because I always bank on talent. Like if some team, if a team's going to hit and they're going to exceed our expectations, it's probably one of two things. It's probably an older like veteran team that maybe they have some super seniors. They've hit the right spots in the transfer portal and everything comes together or it's a team of, of talent. And I think we saw this last year with LSU. They had a ton of talent. It's just it was so much better managed under Brian Kelly, and he really hit on the coaching hires and and the usage of the transfer portal. So I always look at those two things, and that's why I bring up AM. I would be really surprised if they did. But if you told me that, hey, they get Alabama at home and they could maybe they get LSU at the end of the year, and by then those question marks that we had, I could see that. Uh, over in the East, I think it's Tennessee. Um, I, I mentioned the question marks I have about Tennessee. I think defensively, I want to see how the offensive line continues to progress. But scoring points is not going to be a problem. Uh, Josh Heupel is going to reload this offense. And if it's not Joe Milton, I think we saw what Nico can do. Um, I know that there was the whispers that he's not living up to the hype. I don't know. <laughs> he looked like he looked like a pretty good quarterback to me in the spring game. So I love the firepower of Tennessee's offense. And, of course, they get Georgia at home. And if Alabama's secondary, it's I know it's late October when they play, but Alabama's secondary has had a lot of turnover. And if they haven't figured things out, we saw what Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt and all of them could do last year. Not saying it could happen on the same scale, but if you're Tennessee, that's pretty favorable to be facing an Alabama team with question marks in the secondary, uncertainty at quarterback, maybe not as good as they have been, and you get Georgia at home. Right. And to your point, Stephen, I mean, I would be, if I'm being 100% honest with you, I would be less surprised if Texas A&M won the West this year than I was LSU winning it in Brian Kelly's first year. I did not see that coming, but again, I'm kind of an idiot. But let me ask you this, Stephen, the the two first-year coaches, this, I just thought of this question. I wanted to give Auburn and Mississippi State some love with uh, Hugh Freeze and Zach Arnett. I'm not sitting here asking you which one is the better coach or who you got more confidence in because I think that's easy to say Hugh Freeze just given what we know about him. And not that doesn't mean Zach Arnett's a bad coach. We just only have one game of him as a head coach, and he, he did win it to his credit. But let me ask it to you this way, Stephen. Which one of those new coaches, Hugh Freeze or Zach Arnett, is set up to have the better debut season i think it's mississippi state i I think number one they've got the better quarterback uh will rogers i think it it, if i was a first year coach and you have someone like will rogers who can ease that transition uh no matter if it's scheme leadership uh you know he's your guy i i believe a lot in him just being able to carry this team through that transition i I know mississippi state has to go to auburn Uh, of course one of their crossover games is at home against kentucky and they have to go to south carolina so there's some swing games in there that that make this difficult but when you look at mississippi state defensively i think they're gonna be really good in the front seven I, i think their linebacker group is right there among the top 10 in college football i think they'll be solid on the defensive front Secondary is going to think it'll be a work in progress, but I think you've got a proven quarterback, enough on defense coming back, and experience at the skill positions. I like where Auburn is going as far as additions in the portal on the offensive line. I think that group is trending in the right direction. I think Jarquez Hunter is going to have a huge season too, but I think Auburn's still too many question marks at quarterback, 
Also want to see continued development out of the line of scrimmage. So I would go Mississippi State and Zach Arnett better set up for year one success. Well, going back to uh, difficult decisions in the magazine, Stephen, I really wanted to ask you if there was a position group that stood out that was, uh, you know, very, very difficult to project. Yeah, obviously, Athlon does the first, second, third, and even fourth team SEC selections on the website. Is there one position group, and you don't even have to reveal who won, because, again, we don't want to give everything away here, but is is there a position group that stands out that was like, my goodness, you could convince me two, three, four guys could land on the first team. I'll start with quarterbacks. I guess that's that's the theme of my offseason <laughs> is trying to figure out quarterbacks <laughs> because of how important it's going to be to some of the contenders. I think you could throw you know, probably three quarterbacks in that top tier, whether that's Will Rogers, Jaden Daniels, or K.J. Jefferson. And I think the interesting thing is they all have – some sort of storyline going on with them. We we mentioned it earlier with Garrett Nussmeyer. Can he push Jaden Daniels? Seems like Jaden Daniels is is really in control of that number one spot in the offense right now. KJ Jefferson has a new offense, and of course, Will Rogers has a new offense as well. So it was really hard, I think, to sit through um, which quarterback you liked at number one. I don't know that there's a all-America caliber quarterback in this conference, but I do think there is some really solid depth because you get outside of that, Devin Leary, uh, Spencer Rattler, I think you have to assume that Carson Beck will be solid at Georgia, uh, Jackson Dart, Connor Wigman, Joe Milton. There's not an all-America here in the preseason, at least for me, but I think there's a really solid group of quarterbacks, and I think there's enough potential for seven or eight of them, if things fall their way, they could end up being first team all SEC. So quarterback was really tricky for me. Also, I think, I don't think there's any doubt the top two running backs in the SEC are Quinchon Junkins and uh, Rocket Sanders. Not spoiling any all SEC votes here, but after that, like who's going to be the lead rusher at Georgia? Is uh, Jace McClellan going to be the guy at Alabama? Haynes has looked really good this offseason for Alabama. You got guys like Ray Davis at Kentucky as well. So I think on the other side, you've got two really good running backs and then a bunch of question marks at that position. So that was a really hard uh, position to analyze as well. All right, final thing I got for you, Stephen. I really appreciate all your time. But um, I realize you don't really do the power rankings in, in the magazine necessarily, at least of the SEC and, and things of that nature. But I always love a good power rankings debate every Saturday night during the season. So let's throw – Texas and Oklahoma into this mix just for this season, uh, which which obviously they're not in it, the, but they'll play Alabama. So I think this is relevant. We're starting to pick up more and more Longhorns and Sooners. So we thank them for, for joining the show. But if you had to, Stephen, uh, power rank Texas and Oklahoma, where would you put them 1-16 to 16 in this season's SEC? If that, does that make sense? It, it does. I, I'm I'm prepared to be hurt and also burned by saying this. I think Texas is going to be really good this year. Now, I know I've heard this before. <laughs> they should be the clear favorite in the Big 12. They bring back a ton of talent. They also got all five starters back on the offensive line. I like where Quinn Ewers is developing. They, I, I would have them fourth in the SEC this year. I think they would be right there somewhere. Um, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, in my mind, are all top 10 teams. I think Texas falls in that 12 to 15 uh, nationally kind of category. I think Oklahoma would be probably behind Tennessee. I would have Tennessee behind Texas, 
and then I would go Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma has more question marks um, this preseason. I think they are trending in the right direction. You know, they were six and seven last year in Brent Venable's first year. Terrible luck in one score games. I think they were 0 and 5. So I think some better luck with injuries in, in one score games. I think they should be able to rebound. I will say, I think if you're an SEC fan, you know, they're going to play once this year. It wouldn't shock me if they played twice and they played in the Big 12 championship game. So if you're an SEC fan looking to get some advanced scouting, you'll get them against Texas will play Alabama, but you may get this game twice and it may give us a good idea just kind of of, of kind of where these two teams are going into next year in the SEC. Well, I know I said last question, Stephen, but I didn't realize you were going to suck up to the Longhorns. We don't do that on this show. Ross Bjork has already said the first game will be in College Station. Let's We live in a fantasy land, Stephen. We, we got that game this year. Texas at Texas A&M. I, I realize you're not an odds maker, but if that was a real game, what, what would be the point spread Texas coming to College Station? <laughs> Hang on, I need to duck under the desk and answer this question for you. <laughs> I would probably set Texas as like a three or two point favorite. Um, okay. Saying all that, uh, why not play this game at like, you know, Texas Motor Speedway or we can pack like, you know, 500,000 fans in it? Because, Mike, you, you know how this is going to be. Ten years from now, after these two teams have played the first time, like one million people who live in Texas are going to say they were at the, the first Texas-Texas A&M game in the SEC. But in, in all seriousness, I think Texas is better on paper going into the year. I like A&M's upside. I still want to see more. I think if Bryce Foster is healthy at center combined with Connor Wigman making a jump, I think this team could be right there uh, close to Texas in the national rankings. I think Texas feels more certain because they made a three game jump in wins from the previous year. I think because Texas A&M is coming off that losing season combined with a little, little bit more question marks is why you're going to see them pick behind uh, the Longhorns this preseason. All right, Stephen, before you go, can you tell the audience once again, where's the best place to find the Athlon College Sports Preview Magazine uh, before it hits the newsstands? Absolutely. So athlonsports.com. If you go to our website and go to magazines at the very top, you click on that. It takes you to our store. You can pre-order our college football uh, magazine there. There's just one of them. It's a national edition. We'll have an SEC, a couple SEC covers. So those will be up soon as well. The official on sale newsstand date is May 23rd. But if you order in our online store, a lot of times they'll start shipping out earlier than that. So that's the best place to, to pre-order and to make sure you can get it and, and not have to fight to try to find it in the in the grocery store <laughs> or, or wherever you get your magazines. Yeah, and I like to consider that Christmas in the summer here. When the Athlon <laughs> Sports Preview Magazine comes out, it'll be hitting shelves soon. So, uh, Stephen, thank you so much for joining the show. We'll put a link to the Athlon store to where everyone can order their magazine. But uh, I can't thank you enough for joining the show during this uh, busy, busy time for you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on and uh, look forward to, uh, to catching up again soon. Absolutely. Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the pirate and the pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State.